At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Welcome to our series, Newish. Everything's changed. Have you? Where we're celebrating that in Christ, we have been given new life. The only question is, are you living it? Let's turn to Romans chapters 5 through 7 to decipher whether we're living in Christ's freedom or trapped in the patterns of our old life. Sharon, before, um, before the service started that, I don't know about you, but for me, it's kind of been a rough week. Y'all ever had a rough week? Like it was one of those weeks that following the service last week, Amy and I got in the car, we drove over to this retreat, and I just talked about like buffets with sneeze guards, right? I just talked about that. Yeah, I was eating sneeze guards this week, like that happened. And then I felt guilty for kind of laughing about sneeze guards because it was delicious, like the food was great, it was wonderful. And I thought, man, I've been missing out on sneeze guards this whole time. And uh, then the week kind of progressed a little bit and I was shaving my head and y'all, like I took a big old chunk of my, I know it's too much information, but that happened. Like I was shaving, I think I sent, Amy, did I send you a picture? I think I sent a picture. I'm like, look, blood, you know, and it's just running down my head, disgusting, like it was so bad. And uh, so that happened, and then we had cooked, uh, I don't remember what we cooked on the grill, but burgers, turkey burgers. So I cooked turkey burgers on the grill, and then on Friday I went to put the cover back on to the grill, and we got this little puppy now who lives in the house. Like, so my oldest son, he's got this little puppy, and Sammy, my standard poodle, is the dad. And so anyway, this puppy's running around the house while I'm putting the cover on the grill, and I hear a splash and didn't register that we got a puppy in the house. So I'm like, what was that? And I turn around and there's this little nose floating toward the middle of the pool. So I went Baywatch style. Like I threw my glasses down, I threw my phone down and I, in my head it was this perfect dive and it wasn't really. It was probably more like I'm just running towards the dog. Anyway, so I pick her up and I'm swimming, holding this puppy up out of the water, throw her up out. And I didn't think a thing about it until an hour later. I went to put on my glasses and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, it's just like, just so you know, I can't see this half of you guys. You're just one big blur from the scratches in my glasses. And so, man, it's been that kind of week, you know? And so I missed y'all. Like, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, I've, I've missed you guys. It's one of the things that I love about this we get to come together every week at the end of the week and laugh at the silliness of our weeks, right? We get to hurt and to pray together like how we were praying for Cody last week, right? And we continue to be in prayer for him. We get to celebrate together, right? We do all of these things together within uh, the, the scope of this church family. And here's the thing that eats at me. The Great Commission, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded. And I think he's serious. All the nations include right here, right now. Uh, Brad mentioned earlier that, you know, we've got this new building and people for a couple years now, they've been driving by going, what's going on there? What's going on at the church? We really want the opportunity to show people what's going on here because what eats at me is there's so many people this morning that are so far from the Lord and far from a church family. And this morning they're waking up and maybe it wasn't just like the goofy stuff of jumping in the pool and scratching the glasses. Maybe there's stuff they're going through that's a little bit heavier, but they don't have a church family this morning to help to lean on and to pray with them. Maybe there's some great victories and they're wanting to celebrate today. There's no church family to celebrate. We just want that space to be able to invite people in. Guys, you have got to be part of this mission. You've got to be part of it. So October the 23rd, 
I know Brad mentioned it. I want to give one last push for it because this is huge. This is an opportunity, one for you to invite. And so in your bulletin, you have two cards with one. I want you to take a photo of it so that you have your information you don't forget, right? And then what I want you to do is I want you to take both these cards and I just want you to be in prayer. Lord, who should I be handing these to? We want to invite others in to enjoy this. So how do we show people this space in a not weird way, right? That was the goal. I don't know if we landed, but that's what we were shooting for. And so what we're going to do is outside, there's going to be some food trucks. This is going to be 11 to 2. So there's a three-hour window right during lunch. We'll have food trucks out back where people can come buy some lunch. There's going to be bouncers for the kids. There's going to be some fun activities happening. But then... There's going to be the opportunity to walk in downstairs and take a tour of the kids' space. But as they take a tour of the kids' space, they're going to be trick-or-treating the whole time, right? They're going to be getting candy. It's a candy tour. They're walking through the building, and they're collecting all the candy. Amy already ordered us some costumes. We're going to dress up. She's the right shoe. I'm the left shoe. So we're going to, we're going to dress up. This is where you get to ha- have some fun with it. So if you sign up, to work an area, you're going to have an area marked out. You can decorate that however you want. You can decorate you however you want. Like, just have some fun with it, right? You're going to have a little booth area. Out of like seven to 800 people, we need 25 more. I need 25 more of you to volunteer to say, I'll get some candy, I'll go buy some candy, and I'll, I'll set up a little space, and I'll hand out candy. I need 25 more to make this not weird. So they're going to walk through the downstairs kids' space, and then they're going to come up here. We probably won't have anyone handing out candy in our, in our worship center, right? But we want people to walk through this space. It'll probably be set up like a Sunday morning. They'll walk through the lobby area, and there'll be some candy over there. There'll be some people set up handing out candy for just a couple hours. Then they'll go downstairs where there's going to be some cider and donuts waiting for them down in the lobby. Guys, this only works if you really roll up your sleeves and say, I'm in. Three hours, we're going to do this outreach to the community. If I asked you to think through the last time we did something like this at this location, you're going to have to think real, real hard. So what I'm telling you is I don't, I don't give this ask very much. Like This is not something that I ordinarily ask of you, but I'm telling you that one day, October 23rd, I, I need your help. So 25 more, I need 25 more that will hand out candy right outside this door to your right or this door to the left is our Connect desk. It's right there. You can sign up right there and we'll get information this week to you of where your space will be and everything to expect. We're also going to need some other people. Maybe you're like, okay, I can't be here for all three hours handing out candy, but I'd love to help. Well, we're going to need someone just to say hi out in the parking lot and say, there's the food truck and, and over here's the cider and donuts. Maybe you're not taking kids on the candy tour, but I'd still love to go show you the space and take you to get a donut, right? So we need some of those people as well. Uh, we'd love for you, again, just to sign up right out there. That would be so, so helpful. Um, and be in prayer for it. Guys, be in prayer because, again, everyone's sitting around you. They're inviting people just like you are. Uh, we're hoping for anywhere between 200 and 800 people to come through that day, which would just be phenomenal. It's just an opportunity to say, hey, nice to meet you. We'd love to invite you to church. Uh, and it gives us a chance to serve them in the process. So a few weeks ago, let me jump in now. A few weeks ago, I mentioned I did one of those tests, right, because I was hoping to find out that my family line, like I was either half Italian half Scottish, something like that was my hope. 
And um, Scott, let me talk about the Scottish side just a little bit. The Scottish side, because I do love me some shortbread. You can ask Scotty. I've been over to his house and I ate up all his shortbread and I blamed him for it. And if you don't know Scotty, he's right up here in the front row and uh, you can meet him following the service. He's like really from Scotland. So like you can hear the accent and everything. I have a fake one. Like I'll fake it in just a second. But anyway, the other reason, not just because I love shortbread did I want to be Scottish, which is what the test did say I was. Not only did I, I want it because of the shortbread, but of course, because of William Wallace, right? Because something about the movie, right? Braveheart, I, I want to I grow my hair long like that. I want to do that. I want to wear a kilt and stomp around the highlands of Scotland. That sounds amazing. I want to I paint my face blue. And I want to yell freedom with William Wallace. You know, I just, I just want to jump in and go for it. And uh, freedom, freedom's a funny thing. I don't, I don't think that ordinarily... Most of us spend a lot of time thinking about the word freedom. If you're connected in any way because of your family or because you're in the military, you probably think more about it than most. I would say in today's politically charged environment, we're thinking about the word more than maybe we used to. But we, we have this word freedom, which culture would say freedom. Freedom is the ability to think or to say or to do whatever you want without repercussions. Right? That's what culture would say freedom is. We come in here at church and we mention the word freedom and we think freedom in Christ. So what is freedom? You know, is freedom really the ability to do what you want to do? Is that what freedom is, is all about? Is that freedom? Well, if you go home and check your mailbox this afternoon because you didn't check your mail yesterday, maybe there's an envelope in there from Chase Bank with an application for a credit card called the Freedom Unlimited yeah, did you know freedom came in that credit card? But that's what they're going to tell you. The Freedom Unlimited. There's this little credit card, the Freedom Unlimited. Unlimited freedom. Or Jeep. I do love me some Jeeps, right? The Jeep Wrangler Unlimited. Unlimited because it doesn't have two doors. It has four doors, which still seems very limiting, right? <laughs> I, I'm really I'm messed up in my head about that. Anyway, they have a... Um, a freedom edition, the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, the freedom edition. Did we get that photo up for that? The next service is going to, one moment, I'm being told, one moment. Oh, yes, look at that. Oh, buddy. Okay, so you got some leather trim seats there. It's hard to see, but there's an Oscar Mike logo embossed in it. Oscar Mike on the move, if you didn't know. O-M, Oscar Mike on the move, because your Jeep is on the move. Look at that star on there. I mean, I'm looking at that thinking, I got a Prius, but I could do this to my Prius, I think. Like, I could trim it out, get some leather seats going on. The steel bumper, though, I think that would break my car, just the bumper. I think that would crash my car. Anyway, the Freedom, the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Freedom Edition. But it's not true. It's not unlimited, is it? Because you can go through water. Yes, you can't, but not too deep of water because you'll kill it. You can go off-road more than most cars. You can take off your doors. You can take off the roof. You can do all kinds of things to it. But there are boulders that, yes, are too big even for this. There are still boundaries for this thing, right? As great as it is, there are still boundaries. That Freedom Unlimited credit card from Chase Bank, yeah, unlimited, except for there's a credit limit, right? So there's still a limit. There's still a boundary to it. And if you get too close to that boundary, if you get too close to that limit, they're going to charge you like crazy for it. So now scripture would say you're a slave to the lender. 
And that's the opposite of freedom, isn't it? Slavery. We don't like that word very much, but it brings us to our big idea. Our big idea today is that everyone is a slave, but only Christians are free. Everyone is a slave, but only Christians are free. Let's take our Bibles and open up to Romans chapter 6 today. Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 23 is where we're going to be. And as you're turning there, I want to just kind of backtrack a little bit. Because if you're joining us for the first time or if you're watching online for the first time, we are weeks into this series now. And Paul has been talking about how we all experience death, right? We have a physical death. But there's also a spiritual death that you experience for those who are slaves to sin. When you are bound in sin. Who's bound in sin? Well, Paul has said, all have sinned. Listen to what he says in Romans 5, verse 12. He says, just a sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. So death spread to all men because all sinned. Every single one of us have sinned. And if you're like, what is sin? What is sin? Well, he tells us in Leviticus what the bar of expectation is. He says, you shall be holy because I, the Lord your God, I am a holy. And before you think, well, that's just an expectation of the Old Testament. Listen to how Jesus says it in Matthew 5. He says, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Which essentially says we're all doomed. We're all doomed because we've all sinned. We've all missed that mark of perfection. None of us are perfect. That is the beautiful, beautiful truth of the gospel. The beautiful truth of the gospel is that even in that place where you and I were sinners, Christ came and he died for us. He died for us. He was the perfect substitute for us on the cross. He met God's standard of perfection. And he went to the cross so that you and I could have a right standing with God so that we could be free from the entrapment of sin so that we could be bound to him. Paul teaches this, that the Christian is no longer enslaved to sin in Romans 6. He says, instead, we are freed from sin in Romans 6, 7. So let's tie all this together. The world's definition of freedom is this. The world's definition is the power or right to act, to speak, to think however we please without any hindrance or restraint. And that's not real life. There's a spoiler for you. That doesn't exist. You can say or do whatever you want to right now. There's going to be repercussions for it, right? I can stand up here. And before you can stop me, I can say whatever I want to say. Like I literally could say anything in the world right now. There's repercussions, right? You can bet I'll get some phone calls in just an hour. It won't take very long before I start, if that long, right? It wouldn't take very long before all of a sudden I, I got to pay for what I say. I got to pay for what I do. And yet that's what we're taught. And so Paul's going to teach us that of all the things that could, that could beckon to you, of all the things that could call you, of all the things that could enslave you, it really comes down to two. He says you're either bound to a slave to sin and unrighteousness, or you're bound to God's grace. You're bound to sin and unrighteousness, or you're bound to God's grace, which then takes us to that place of going, okay, so if I'm a Christian, that means that Jesus has paid the price for me. That means any sin that I commit is going to be forgiven. But why don't I just keep on sinning? Because it doesn't even matter, right? 
Why don't I just keep doing this? And we actually talked about this a couple weeks ago. But Paul's going to answer the question by saying, well, who do you obey? Let's look. Romans 6, starting in verse 15. He says, what then? Are we to sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one of whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? So he asked the same question that he asked a couple weeks ago. That is, okay, because you're Christian, are you now free to keep on sinning? And he says, by no means. Then he gives this illustration of slavery. I want to be very clear, the slavery that we're talking about in the first century is not the North American uh, form of slavery that we had as a nation. This is different. See, as Paul's writing, one out of three in the first century, one out of three were slaves at this time. One out, but you wouldn't stay a slave, like you could earn your way out of slavery. In fact, if you looked at those who had been in slavery and those who were in slavery, you're talking one out of every two people. So what I'm telling you is, as he's mentioning this illustration, it permeated those who were listening. Like everyone identified with it. Every single person would have identified with what he was saying. And he says that, that slavery is marked by obedience. You choose to be obedient. It's not just physically. He says, let's talk about it in forms of spiritually. You're still obedient. You're going to be obedient to someone or to something. He says, so think about who or what is it that when they speak, you jump? When they say, come here, you come here. When they say, go do this, you can't help yourself. You have to go do it. What is it in your life? Who is it in your life that you're obedient to? Because he said in the end, it's going to come down to one of two. You're either a, sin, uh, you're either a slave to sin or a slave to obedience and God's grace. It's one or the other. Now, this whole metaphor didn't really come from Paul, did it? Jesus uses this exact metaphor as there were some critics questioning him. They were kind of self-righteous, and he answers this way in John chapter 8. It says, so Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. You'll know the truth, listen to what he says, and the truth will set you free. Oh, that caught him off guard. They answered him, well, we're the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you'll become free? And Jesus answered them, truly, truly. This is emphatic from Jesus. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Not awesome. So good. Here's the thing, though. Sometimes we read the Word of God, and I think we look at it like it's a history book. And so I think sometimes we read it, and you're like, oh, that's what Jesus said to those people 2,000 years ago. That's not really. No, let's talk about it with us. Are you a slave to sin? We just took communion. When you take communion, there's this time of, of reflection, of examining your own heart. So maybe the way I should have asked it is this. Is there, ever, is there ever time in your life where you go and you're trying to do good things? Like you really are. You're trying to do good things for the right reason. You're trying to love people and serve people and serve the church. 
But then if someone doesn't say, hey, good job. Thank you so much. You killed it. You're amazing. You're the best. You get a little bit of righteous indignation, don't you? You're almost like, whoa, they didn't tell me thank you for what I took out the trash and no one said anything. Like, I'm a little upset by that, right? I dusted and he didn't notice. She didn't notice. They didn't notice. I can't believe that. And we get really upset about it. Can I just tell you that just like that, the applause of the crowd can become your idol? Just like that, all of a sudden it's the accolades of people not pleasing the Lord, not following the Lord, not serving the Lord that's driving you. It's the affirmation of others that's driving you. That's sin. That's idolatry in your life. You're making an idol and building those people up more than you build up the Lord. You're replacing, or maybe, maybe you're like, I don't care if people applied for me or not. That's not what drives, ambition drives me. And from the time you're a little bitty boy, from the time you're a little bitty girl, you were driven. And people, people did applaud for you anyway, didn't they? Because when it came to school, you worked your tail off and you crushed it in school. Or on the field, man, when it came to sports on the court, you went after, you couldn't help it, right? You went for it. And your art, whatever your art was, man, you just hours, you immersed yourself in it. And even now that you're older, you can't help yourself, can you? Here's the problem. That goal that you set that's way up here, you get closer and closer and closer. What does the goal do? Whoop. That goal keeps moving, doesn't it? But you're driven and you tell yourself, no, it's because I love the Lord and the Lord made me this way. I'm just driven. No, no, no one around me has ever said anything to me about it that my ambition is a problem. You know why they haven't said anything to you? Oh, they recognize it. They recognize not the Lord you're serving, it's your ambition. They're just afraid if they say anything to you that the locomotive is going to just run right over them. So they stay quiet. Or maybe for you it's not ambition. Pastor Steve used to talk all the time about appetite, didn't he? Appetite. Maybe your appetite, like you love this season of change. You're like, change, that means I need to go shopping and I need to get me some fall clothes, right? Get me those new fall clothes. So I need to go shop. The problem is you've already gone through three or four wardrobes this summer, right? You just keep buying, buying, buying. You can't help yourself. You got to get new, new, new. Some of you, when I showed you that Jeep, you couldn't help. I probably shouldn't have done that because now you've been messed up ever since. And you're going, oh, I, I do need that Jeep. I don't have one of those ones yet. You know, I've just got the white one, that silver one. That's the one. I need. And you, ju you just can't help it, right? You got this habit. I need more. I need more. Or you watch all those videos of all the makeup stuff online, and you're like, oh, well, if I had that, then I'd be, I just got to get it. I got to get it. I got to do it. Maybe your appetite's actual food. I haven't been to that place. I got to do it. I got to taste it. I got to experience it, you know, and I'm not happy if I can't do it. If I can't experience it, then my joy is gone. I have no joy. I have no happiness in my life because I have this appetite. I need more. Maybe it's the next experience that you need to do, the next place you got to see. Maybe it's uh, tied to your sexuality, whatever it is, right? But we have these appetites where we need more, more, more. Every single one of us, we need to admit this. We have a tendency as people to drift. And when we drift, we don't accidentally drift closer to the Lord. Every single time when you drift, you're going to drift closer to sin. You're going to drift away from the Lord. It's intentionality in your surrender that brings you to the Lord. When's the last time you looked at your own heart and you examined your heart and you were brokenhearted over your own sin? You see, we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. All of us. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that the Lord draws near to those who are brokenhearted. 
So when was the last time you were brokenhearted over your own sin? Because I think sometimes what we do is we look out the window at what everyone else is doing instead of looking in the mirror and saying, Lord, Lord, I, I need you to work on this right here. That's the place where the Lord continues to draw near. What I love is when we lay down our pride, what happens in verse 17, but thanks be to God. Man, anytime I read that, I get pretty pumped because I'm like, I like what we're getting ready to read. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin. Did you see that? Free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. But just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. I love this. There is a new voice. We need God's redemptive grace. Grace meaning you can't earn it, right? And he pours out his grace so richly on us that then it's not the voice of sin that we're hearing and responding to. It's the voice of Jesus, right? In John chapter 10, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. It's where we follow Jesus and we live lives that model and exemplify Christ. The way he loves, we love like that. The way he serves, we serve like that. The way he holds to truth, we hold to truth like that. We follow the example of Christ. But how do you know? How do you know if you're being obedient? Well, it's going to be fruit. That's going to be the fruit of your life. What fruit do you reap? Let's look at verse 20. Chapter 6, verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things to which you're now ashamed? For at the end of those things is death. But now that you've been set free from sin, you become slaves of God. The fruit that you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. So Paul says, there's your life before Christ where you're bound to sin and the fruit there. And then there's the fruit after your salvation in Christ and your fruit there. Over here, this fruit, let's talk about this fruit. This fruit is the one where you were, because I think we all do this. You were looking out the window at everyone else and you said, oh, that person's pretty good. They're pretty good. That one, if I can be better than that one, right? That person right there. And so I'm going to do this thing. And if I do this thing, then I feel like I'm better than that person, whatever that thing is. And so on the outside, you start to look kind of shiny, right? You kind of look pretty. On the inside, maybe you're rotten. So it's, it's now turning into fall, which means it's orchard season, right? So you go to the orchard, you get the, you get the cider and you get the donut. It's apples. Man, we do love some apples around my house. We just have some disagreement on which apples we love. Amy's wrong and she likes those lady apples, those pink lady apples, which is not the apples. We all love Honeycrisp apples around here, which are the ones that are the size of the baby's head, right? They're humongous apples and they're shiny Apple crisp, right? They're crisp, like you bite them and they snap, right? There's a good pop to it. You, but we all know the feeling of going to the grocery store. You pick your apple, right? You get home and you bite, and it looks good. It looks like, and you bite it, and you're like, mmm, not a good apple, right? And out goes the apple out of the mouth. Apple goes in the trash. You're like, mm, that, that apple is not good. We all know that feeling. That's us. We're that apple. On the outside, looking all shiny and pretty on the inside, rotten to the core. And what Paul's saying is because of the grace of God, 
the fruit that we have in Christ Jesus, because the seeds that are planted, the fruit that we have, doesn't just look good on the outside, it's good on the inside too. Right? It's beautiful, but it's going to be done within the boundaries that God gives. And that's the whole point to this whole morning. That's where we struggle. We almost act like if there's boundaries, then that's not freedom. And God would argue the opposite. And it's been this way forever, right? Go back to Genesis. In Genesis, you guys know the story in Genesis 3. God created the heavens and the earth, and it was beautiful, and it was good. Adam and Eve, they walked in the cool of the garden, and they worked, right? They named the plants. That's what they did. I don't know what else they did because Scripture doesn't really tell us. I always wish the Bible was bigger so we'd have more information. Because I'm like, did they cuddle with koalas? Like, I think they did. Like, I think... I think that would have been wrestled with alligators, but they wouldn't have got hurt. Like, there wouldn't have been pain, so they wouldn't have had to worry about that. But, you know, the alligators wouldn't have chomped them or whooped them with the tail. That wouldn't have happened. They could have swam with sharks, maybe. I don't know. I get a little distracted thinking maybe this was life for them. All we know is this was paradise. And it was so, but God said there's just this one tree. Here's your boundary. Stay away from the one tree. This is another sermon for another day, but church, we have such a problem with that. We try to flirt with temptation, don't we? If this is sin, we like to see how close to sin we can get without crossing the line. I don't know why we do that. It's kind of gross, isn't it? We try to see how close to sin we can get when we're told to flee temptation, to run away from temptation. So the serpent comes to Adam and Eve, and where are they? Right by the tree. Right by the one place the Lord said, hey, you've got all of paradise. You've got koalas. You know, you've got all of paradise. Just that one, that's the, that's the one boundary that you have. Let me pick up there. Genesis chapter 3. The serpent said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, well, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. You see that? There was one boundary. And the serpent took and twisted and said that boundary is oppression. That boundary is keeping you from the freedom that you want. That boundary really isn't a boundary at all. That boundary is more like an option for you. Just twisting. The whole time God said, I, I want to give you freedom. I want to give you the ability to live and to love and to flourish within the protection of a boundary. That's freedom. To live and to love and to flourish within the protection of a boundary. That's freedom. And the serpent came along and said, no, it's the ability to speak and to say and to do whatever you want with no repercussions. So they ate and they sinned. And death entered the world. Animals died. They eventually, physically, they died. Thorns on the ground, pain childbirth, I would argue that this 
is the greatest tragedy that the world has ever known. The day that we lost that kind of relationship with the Lord God. What's the fruit of your life? What does the fruit of your life look like right now? Quick illustration, maybe this will help. I want you to imagine a husband and wife, they've been praying. I think the Lord wants us to do something. And they're like, it's time. We're going to adopt that child. You picture in this? So they, they adopt a child and they bring the child in and a little baby, right? They've got this baby at home. After a couple years, let's say now baby is three or four years old and it's bedtime. You picture in the scene? Bedtime. You know what bedtime looks like with a little? It's bedtime. Can you tuck me in? No, we're, we're, we're busy. We got to, we got to, we got to eat dinner still, and, you know, we, we didn't get home from work till late. We got to do some more work. We got to make this phone call. We got, we got to, all the we got is. We always got the we got is, right? We got to do this. We got to do that. What's the fruit look like 10 years from then? 20 years? What's, what's the fruit? Well, let's switch the story. It's bedtime. Mom or dad or both go up, and they do read the book. And they answer the 101 questions that inevitably are there to put off bedtime. And they pray. It's a lot like the way that Abraham took Isaac and offered up to God saying, I trust you. Ten years later, that moment's not going to look quite the same, is it? But what's the fruit? Twenty years later, what's the fruit? And i got to ask you in your life, where do you find yourself bound to? Do you find yourself bound to sin right now or bound to God's grace? And what is the fruit? What are you investing in? What seeds are you planting right now? And what fruit are you seeing and experiencing? Which brings us to the last point, what destiny awaits you. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but... The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you are bound to sin, you are working for sin. You are a slave to sin. You're employed by sin. There's a wage for that. The wage is death. But for those who are bound to Christ, there's an eternal freedom that you experience. And sometimes I think that we think of eternal freedom in terms of like when I die, then what happens? Can I tell you that that thinking needs to shift a little bit? When you surrender your life to Christ, you are in Christ now. You are in Christ today. You have a freedom that you can experience today. And so I want to end this morning a little bit differently than what we normally do. Normally, um, we, we'd have this big time of processing and examining your heart before communion. We got some band members who are going to come out and, and start to play. I just want to give you three or four minutes just to pray and reflect this morning. Examine your heart and just ask, Lord, am I that person with the applause? Is that me? Is that where I'm finding myself bound to? Am I finding myself bound to that place of my ambition or my appetites? What is it that's driving me? Am I bound to sin or am I bound to Christ? What's the fruit in my life? Where am I investing? Spend some time praying over those cards that you're going to hand out. Or for the people sitting to your left or your right. I'm going to tell you, it's been a long week for a lot of people in this church physically. People physically have really gone through with surgeries and with scares from the doctor. And there's just some stuff going on here. Pray for your church family. Pray for your community. But I want this to be a time 
of prayer. Lord, continue to soften our hearts. Give us ears to hear. Lord, give us your mind. I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room, just as we, we still our hearts, that we just be still and know that you are God. Will you continue to speak to us, Lord? Jesus said that we'll know his voice. Or do we want to know your voice when it's a whisper? Or we want to know your voice when it's booming at us. The Lord, in these moments, continue to speak. Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.